What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. I hope you are having a great week so far, a great day so far, but if not, you know, it's okay. It's okay to have have some bad days or some okay days. Not every day can be can be great and fantabulous and that is why we learn to regulate our emotions. <laughs> Saying this as yesterday, um yesterday to when I'm recording this, I did have a bad day. I was having a bad day. I was very tired. I was very irritable, but you know, I did some coping mechanisms, talked to my partner, did some journaling. I definitely like had some miscommunication and cleared that up with people. And like that in itself just made me feel so much better. So I guess all of that is just to say that it is okay to have ups and downs, but you know, you got to fill them and then get through them process and work to have a better day. So now when I'm recording this, I'm like super pumped. I'm ready to have a good day. I'm ready to record this and then take Layla to the park and have a good time with her and then hang out with my best friend this evening. So I am super excited for all of that. I am going to go ahead and just jump right into our happies and crappies for this week. I feel like I shared a lot of like my personal life and like more details of like the day-to-day things on my stories this week on Instagram. And so I feel like if you are like a viewer of my stories, you'd probably be able to tell what my happies and crappies are. So Wednesday, I believe, yes, Wednesday, I took Layla to the vet In the past, we've had really just traumatic vet experiences. Um, They've been, like, one time Layla was cornered, and one time she, like, reacted really bad, and one time the vet made me feel dumb, and I don't know. We've just had, like, very bad vet experiences in the past, but this time we had a new vet. He was super nice. I really, really liked him, and Layla had very little reactions, and... Typically what would happen is whenever they would start to like check out her paws or handle her in a certain way or like touch her in a certain way, she would uh, start reacting. And this time I felt like we went in very prepared. I gave her um, this concoction of like CBD and I think that really helped her. I feel like I finally found the perfect dose for that. And I just went in feeling super confident and was able to handle her in such a way that I think made her feel more comfortable. And so it was a really, really great vet experience. And that was definitely like one of the highs for my week. It was also my partner's birthday. So I had a lot of cake this week. (laughs) That was definitely a happy too. I had cake for his birthday. And then we also had cake for wedding testing. So that was great. I I love cake. Who doesn't? If you don't like cake, blocked. You're blocked. (laughs) Just kidding. But, you know, you should, you should like cake. 
Anyways, my crappy for this week is probably just like dealing with some of the low moments. I feel like I, ever since um, I kind of like came to like this realization and to this acceptance that I have depression, which I have a whole episode that is going to come out that's like surrounding this topic. Um, but I guess to preface, I have been diagnosed with depression. And ever since getting that like official diagnosis, I have been able to be a little bit more accepting of the low moments in my life. And I feel like because of that, I've been able to cope better. So even though I've had those low moments, I feel like my coping mechanisms and just like overall acceptance of those moments have been a lot better, which has let me like have better moments moving forward. So typically like what would happen even just like a month ago, I would have had like a really low moment and just like really shut down. And I like pushed a lot of people away in that moment. I was very like distant and I was very resistant to change. Um, But ever really, ever since really getting like the diagnosis, which was actually just two weeks ago when this episode will be coming out, Um, I feel like I've been able to, like, take these moments and, like, understand that I, like, should fill out those moments, but then after that be, like, very critical about what I do next. So I've been really trying to take a moment to journal, to breathe, and then I've been making a point to ask for help, which is something I never used to do, um, because I feel like a lot of the times what would happen is that I would get in one of these, like, really low moments, and then I would start making up a lot of things in my head, or, like, assume what other people are, like, doing or thinking, and, like, why they're doing it that way, um, but I've made a point to start asking for help, and asking, like, hey, like, why, did you like look at me this certain way or like why did you say that um and then like really getting some clarity around that so that my head isn't just like making up all these assumptions and all these like bad things because that's when I really start to spiral and honestly asking for help is not my strong suit I I will say that and so that has been a hard moment but every time I've done it in the past, like, week, ever since I've gotten this diagnosis, which has only really been, like, twice that I needed to do this, but it's given me a lot of clarity, and I feel like the next day, I'm, like, not continuing my depressive symptoms. I'm able to, like, get past it and, like, move forward in a better mindset. So, that's, that's my happies and crappies for this week. I had a lot of people also submit happies and crappies um, in my story box, which was amazing. I love, love, love seeing everyone's happies and crappies. So I'm going to pick out a few to read to you today. So this person said that their dog chilled for a entire day in his muzzle while their friend worked from the house. And in the past, I know that this dog has been um, reactive towards humans and dogs so big 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 accomplishment for them and oh I they actually said that they didn't have any crappies this week which totally okay to not have any crappies that is so good for them I love 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 like seeing people like reflect and then that little moment of like oh I actually didn't have a have a crappy moment this week it's so good sometimes I have that as well and it's really nice to have those weeks and like really appreciate all the things in life 
This other person said they explored a new field and practiced the place command on a semi-busy street. So that was their happy. Definitely like some good training moments. But their crappy was their their dog was very reactive during their walk. Her arms still hurt from the pulling and she felt like it was such a step back. So definitely have had those moments before where it's like a three steps forward, two steps back kind of situation. Really, really difficult to deal with those sometimes, but that's like why reflection and like taking a moment to pause and think about it is so important because you're really able to then like come up with a plan and like really see like what went wrong and then you can like move forward in a better mindset. This other person said they found a beautiful trail near their house to walk their dog that is never busy, so therefore there were no triggers. However, their crappy was they had a $200 vet bill after their dog got into something they shouldn't have, which sucks. Our vet bill from this past week was also like around $200 for Layla's like annual physical exam plus her Cytopoint injection that she gets for her allergies. (laughs) So these dogs are breaking our banks. The last one that I want to do is that somebody said that they got engaged while they visited their deployed boyfriend. So I wanted to say congratulations to them and that their crappy was just that they were away from their dog this past week. But I think it was definitely worth it since they got engaged. Getting into this week's episode, it is the last episode of my four-part series of dog-inspired career paths and businesses. I have gotten really great feedback from these episodes. I feel like people have really appreciated them, especially since like having a business or doing something in your career or like trying to combine your passions and something purposeful has been really, I guess, motivating for a lot of people. I've had a lot of people say that they like really appreciated these episodes and that it brought up things for them that they didn't think about and has inspired them in multiple ways. And we all are very passionate about our dogs and believe it or not, a lot of people have ideas for what they want to do with their dogs and like different ways to incorporate dogs into some type of business. So it's been really nice to hear this great feedback from it. I've really, really enjoyed it, especially since this is a little bit different than what I would normally talk about on the podcast. I feel like in the past I've talked a lot about like reactivity issues and like different behavioral issues and like traveling and puppies and changing your mindset and like all of those topics have been great but this was like definitely a kind of like a 180 and still along the same lines of how dogs have emotionally affected us but in a more I guess you could say like professional way Um, so it's been really really great to hear the stories from the four people that I've interviewed and then the stories from people messaging me Uh, talking about the the episodes. So this is our last episode in that series and it is with Tori Mystic. Tori's dogs Bert and Lucy are two 10-year-old chocolate labs and they all live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We actually joke a lot about Pittsburgh in this episode. (laughs) Lucy's favorite activity in the whole world is swimming and she tries to get completely drenched at least once a day even in January. In 2018, Lucy earned her Therapy Dogs International Certification, and in 2019, she earned her AKC Trick Dog Novice title. 
While Tori has had Lucy since she was eight weeks old, Bert is a more recent addition to the family. He was adopted in September of 2018, and Bert has epilepsy but has been nearly seizure-free since being adopted. He brings a new meaning to the term lab-tested and enjoys pushing the limits of every new dog product Tori brings home to blog about. Together, Tori and Bert have discovered a love for barn hunt, and Bert is working on his novice title this year. Tori is your go-to person for all things dogs on her social media blog and podcast, Wear, Wag, Repeat. Tori has been in the dog social media space for quite some time. She has many, many years of experience. And so if you are interested in checking out any of her resources or courses, especially on like Pinterest or blog SEO or how to do marketing for your dog business, you can check her out at wherewagrepeat.com. That is spelled W-E-A-R-W-A-G-R-E-P-E-A-T.com. And you can find all of her resources and courses and podcasts there. So without further ado, we are going to get into the last episode of this series on dog-inspired career paths and businesses with Tori Mystic. It is no secret that we all get stressed out sometimes, and I will be the first to say that sometimes I get stressed because of my dog, whether it's we're out for a walk and something happens or somebody runs up to us, or maybe I just have a lot of meetings throughout the day and then Layla is being super needy, so I get very overstimulated. I feel like we've all had those moments. When this happens, I like to have a little routine where I light a candle or do some aromatherapy. Maybe I'll get my journal out and ready to write. And then I grab my phone and go to the Open app. Open is a mindfulness studio and app that features a variety of classes in meditation, yoga, Pilates, and breathwork. Right now, my favorite is the breathwork. You can filter it to be the time of day. So maybe in the morning, I will do some breathwork or a meditation to give me more energy. And then at night, I will do something that calms me down a little bit. I especially love it because it is so aesthetically pleasing to look at and they also have new classes uploaded every day. One of the coolest features is that you can do a live class and invite a friend and you can do the class virtually together. I would love if you joined me on the open app and you can get a 30-day free trial using my code DMM30. You can find them by searching on the app store open-a-mindfulness-studio or go to their website, go.o-p-e-n.com slash dmm30. And of course, the links to all of this are in the show description. If you do decide to join, please make sure to use my code dmm30 for a 30-day free trial. Today, we have the one and only Tori Mystic. She is a social media queen, um, along with a Pinterest queen, I should say, too. I like don't think I mentioned Pinterest in any of the questions, but you are like a go-to for, for Pinterest. And she's been in the industry for, for quite some time, and we're going to talk about that today. And this will be our last segment of the 
career series, so careers and businesses inspired by dogs. And I am so happy to have you on today, Tori. Welcome. Hi, Caroline. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, of course. So just to start, tell us how you, Bert and Lucy are doing and, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I went to West Virginia University and we did not like Pittsburgh. (laughs) Well, it's so funny you said that because I was just going to say we're doing really good because we were just in West Virginia for (laughs) four days. (laughs) That's funny. Um, I... Last year in in 2021, I started going down to West Virginia with the dogs and just renting Airbnbs. And the first time we went, it was just me and them. And we stayed at this place that was like, had no, they had, they had internet there, but there was like no signal. So, um, as much of West Virginia is like, and, uh, and we just had the greatest time. And, um, I love, I love going places with just me and my dogs. A lot of people think that that is weird or creepy or scary, but I like it a lot. Um, and so we were just down there this time. We weren't alone though. I was, um, my mom and some other family and stuff were there, but it was just, we love walking around in the woods and Bert, I've given him the nickname, the bone collector because he finds bones in the woods and chews on them. And, uh, so that's him. So he had a great time. Those barn hunt skills. Really yes. coming through. He, yes, he, he was living. I'll just tell you really quickly. He was living like, I feel like this is like the ultimate dog experience, but we were, um, I let him out the other evening. Uh, like it was like dusk and mm-hmm. so it was kind of getting dark and there was this little Creek next to the house we were staying in and it was all kind of fenced in like farm kind of. And he, so he was just out there and he wouldn't come back from the Creek. And I'm like, what the heck? So I go down there and it's like really hard to see. And there's like thorns and there's, he's on the other side of the Creek. So I didn't want to go in it and get soaking wet. And he's like circling this tree. And I'm like, what is going on? And I look and there's like something moving. He had chased a possum up the tree. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh and my gosh. I was like, I was like, first of all, Bert, good barn hunt practice. Yes. Um, but second of all, like that just sounds like the ultimate, like if a dog could have a dream activity, that seems like it. <laughs> yes. Agreed. And like, I don't know why, but possums and raccoons really freak me out. And so I like always get scared that Layla is going to like run into one. And there has been two times in um, like the past year that I've seen a possum on our street in our neighborhood, which I think is so strange because we like live in the suburbs and it's like clean. Like we don't, you know, it's not nasty. (laughs) Like it's not somewhere a a possum should be, I feel like. And there was one time that I was walking Layla, she was like on leash or whatever, but, um, I was just walking her on her street. So I had her on one of the retractable leashes so she could sniff a little bit more. And it was probably like around the same time, like dusk. And I heard some like rumbling and Layla kind of stopped and like looked out in one direction. And I looked and there was a possum. Oh my gosh. I like freaked out. I called Layla and I was like, thank goodness. Like we practiced recall because even though she was like on a leash, it was one of like the longer ones. And then I texted the person that lived in that house. I was like, there is a possum in your driveway. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like, I feel like I should tell you that in case you walk outside and get scared by it. Well, it's so out of place. Like yeah. I, I saw one and I live like in kind of like an urban neighborhood. And mm-hmm. so it's really unusual to see a possum here. And I saw one last year, this one, luckily I'm, I mean, I'm 90% sure it was a possum. It was dark. It was kind of dark out, but it just mm-hmm. the silhouette of it looked like it. Um, and yeah, luckily Bert, the thing about him is like, he always does come back to me. He always comes to me, but like sometimes in the middle of doing something and he's like, hold on, I just have to finish this. And so that's kind of, he came to me eventually, but he was like working on something. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. They're on their own time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, you've been some to some really pretty places in West Virginia. I've seen your pictures. Um, there, the Dolly Sods when, when you went there. I think last year I was really jealous. Um, I think that's such a such a pretty place. But yeah, I lived in Morgantown for five years, and you know the saying for for WVU is eat shit pit. And so I'm <laughs> I like, didn't know that. <laughs> no, it is. That's like the chant. Like even like you know West Virginia. I think they played Pittsburgh last year for the first time in like. 10 years or something. So it's not like a regular thing for them to play each other, but back in the day, I guess, um, they were big rivals. And so anytime it's just like, you're celebrating it's eat shit pit, no matter what. It's just so funny. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just a tradition. They even have, um, the band will play sweet Caroline and on like the dun dun dun, it's tradition to yell eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what so I funny. Yeah. So I'm like a not that I hate Pittsburgh, but you know, it's yeah. just like kind of in the in my blood almost to to be like that. <laughs> Well, growing, growing up here, like everyone talks shit about Cleveland um, and just like West Virginia as a whole and and Philadelphia. And like, it's just like, I don't know. I think it's just, it all goes back to like sports rivalries Oh yeah. and I'm not a big sports person, but like, you can't help, but have this like ingrained in you growing up that like all these other cities suck. And then, and then you go to these other cities and you're like, Oh, Cleveland, it's like pretty much exactly the same as Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh yeah. It was like we like went to Pittsburgh quite often to like go out and hang yeah. out and like go eat and shop. It was <laughs> because, like an hour away. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Morgantown like just wasn't as big. Um, so it's like, yeah, we we say that and I don't like sports either, but it's like I just had to be part of that culture. So <laughs> Oh yes, I get it. <laughs> okay, so going into like today's actual topic not the cities that were not sports rivalries, which we're such experts on. (laughs) I know. Right. (laughs) So you're going on 20 years of dog mom experience. Um, you've always had chocolate labs from what I understand, which I think is really cool that you've stuck with the one breed. Um, how would you describe your evolution as a dog mom within the pet industry? Especially after seeing one hilarious reel that you did where it was like, back in the day, we didn't have Kongs and puzzles. And I think just even from that perspective, it's so interesting to see the evolution. Yeah. It's I, and I've done like, I've been just, it's been on my mind of like how things have changed from my old dog, Lola, who I post about from time to time. Um, 
she passed away in 2016, I think so a while ago, but sometimes I, I post about her. And so she was, um, she wasn't my first dog, but she was kind of like my first, my first dog sort of, mm-hmm. um, we got her when I was probably 16 and I was, um, like the designated family member to take care okay. of her. And then when everyone else kind of went their separate ways, uh, and I got older, she like ended up living with me. Okay. And she was really like my dog. And when she was nine years old is when I got Lucy as a puppy, like I like to call her a little chocolate chip. Um, so when I got Lucy as a puppy, Lola was nine. So it was really interesting to have that age difference there. Um, and that's kind of when Instagram became more popular and just documenting things and taking pictures on your phone more like when I, when Lola was younger, like it was not like, I had like an, like a Nikon cool pics. Like we didn't take pictures on our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a different time and maybe there were people, I'm sure there were, I'm sure Nina Otteson was out there in Sweden doing puzzles back then, but <laughs> the general public wasn't. And I don't yeah. know how you would even learn about it. Um, so back, back with Lola, we didn't do any of that kind of stuff. She ate, um, you know, okay, kibble, but like just that her whole life, no add-ins, sometimes no you, might toppers. Add, you might, you know, <laughs> we used to add olive oil and like eggs sometimes. Um, but that was it. And she, you know, she had a great life. Like Lola was awesome. I felt that we took really great care of her and we did for the time knowing what we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, my dogs now, I mean, if Lola saw what I do with Bert and Lucy now, she'd be like, this is some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> she'd be like, you guys are doing what? Like, I didn't get any of that. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, it's just kind of like this, this evolution. And I think also, um, becoming more like a lot of things have gone more mainstream, mm-hmm. um, with like the puzzles, but then also I think with like these weird dried animal parts that I give the dogs all the time or the, the treats and, and toppers and things that I make them. So yeah. now I'm like totally unfazed to grab like a, a, a dried duck head with my bare hands and give it to the dogs. Um, which a couple of years ago I would have been like, ew, no. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time that I gave Layla one, I, wouldn't like actually touch it. I still had like the wrapping on it. And then I just kind of like threw it at her. Like, yeah. I don't want to actually touch it. <laughs> it's I, I remember the first time I bought like a chicken foot or a duck foot or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, I was actually, I took Lucy, we went to Asheville, North Carolina together. Um, just the two of us a couple of years ago. And, um, this was before Bert and after Lola. So we had Mm -hmm. like some solo Tori Lucy, like two years. And, um, I went to this, there was an awesome pet store in Asheville because it's such a dog friendly, cool town. And that was like one of the places I really wanted to go on my trip was to this pet supply store. And they had a raw bar, which a lot of places up here didn't really have back then. Um, and so we got a, a duck foot or a chicken foot and it was like, such a it was like st- experience <laughs> yeah it was like I could I feel like going to um there's a Hollywood feed here in Lexington and they have a lot of the raw or dried stuff 
Um, and it's always like such an experience to see like what exactly they have, because I'm still kind of like picky. Like I still don't pick up some of the things because it just kind of freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> totally. It's, it's a little bit like, what? Yeah. yeah. But like Layla will definitely go up and sniff them. And then I'm like, mm, maybe stay away from me for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting to see like how things have evolved because like with my dog growing up, I feel like we gave him, you know, a good life, but like he didn't have the puzzles or like if he got a Kong, it was a Kong with peanut butter in it. And like, I don't think we even had the knowledge to freeze it so that it like took him longer to lick it out. I think it was just peanut butter. And like, now you'll do yogurt and goat's milk and raw food and all different sorts of berries and then make it all pretty. I'm like so impressed by the people that make their Kongs and topples pretty. (laughs) I love doing it, but there's people who do it at like a whole nother level that is beyond me. And a lot of them seem to be in Australia. I don't know why, but I follow, I just somehow see a lot of Australian accounts that Mm -hmm. there's like, there seems to be a trend in topple decoration in Australia of these like flower, like these cascading flowers kind of coming down the edge of the topple. Um, I haven't done that yet, but I do like making topple art and Kong (laughs) art. (laughs) That's funny. I'm here for it. I love looking at it, but I just don't think that I could ever do it because I'm not super well experienced in that. It's kind of relaxing. It's relaxing (laughs) to me because it's kind of like, like, you know how people like color to relax or something. It feels like that. It's like creative. Um, and like, I'll open my refrigerator and you're kind of like looking at everything, not for like what it is, but like for what color it is to see like, how could I make this color? Um, like back in October, I wanted to make, which it didn't end up working out, but I wanted to make, um, 101 Dalmatian Mm -hmm. dog treats. And I had a dog shaped cookie cutter and I was like, I need something to make black Mm -hmm. frosting on it, but I don't want to like to use food coloring. I like to use food products. Um, and so I like experimented for weeks with this and I ended up finally using activated charcoal, which is safe. You know, you only need the tiniest pinch Mm -hmm. of it and it's a safe amount. Um, and, and so it was just kind of like fun. It was like just interesting to kind of troubleshoot and figure it out and do something that's not work related at all. Yes. Well, some of those fun things are what you like to share on your social media. And so I now want to talk about where WAG repeat, which is your, your brand and your company. So can you share about how your blog and brand came to be and what inspired it? Yeah, sure. So like I had mentioned when I got Lucy as a puppy, it was coming, it was like more popular to document things and take all these photos and everything. And, um, at the time I, I'd had a blog before actually my first blog was about eco-friendly fashion Mm -hmm. and I went to school for fashion journalism for a while. And, um, I, I always was interested in fashion, but I never really wanted to be a fashion designer. And I just never really knew like where my place was in the world. And so I had this fashion blog for a while, but I I wasn't super passionate about the topic. Um, and it just kind of fizzled out. And so I, I was blogless for a while and decided I really wanted to do something new. 
Mm-hmm. And so I kind of was thinking about what could I do? What could I do? And I had Lucy and I still loved, I was involved in like local fashion shows and all kinds of stuff. And, um, I was like, oh, you know, you see some of these like celebrity, like paparazzi photos of supermodels. They have, they all have dogs. And like, yeah. I know that a lot of fashion designers have dogs mm-hmm. and I was like, wouldn't it be neat to do a blog that was like fashion fashionistas who love dogs yeah. um, okay. or something like that. And so that was my original concept for where wag repeat. And, um, I actually, there's a, a Facebook post that I did that comes up in my memories every once in a while Yeah, where I was like, I think I'm going to start this blog about fashionistas who love dogs. Oh, I and love that. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like what I should call it. And like, I'm, I'm between these two names right now. And one of them was lab fab. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was wear, wag, repeat. And, um, obviously we know that I chose wear, wag, repeat, but, um, some of the other suggestions were dog is the new black. <laughs> and so, um, there, you know, there, and there was another one, I can't, the lab lab, the fashion lab mm-hmm. or something, which probably would have actually been good, but, um, but anyhow, <laughs> I was, I was really into that. And I was posting like outfit photos with the dogs, with Lucy. Mm-hmm. And I, um, was making my own clothes and showing oh, those so DIYs and, and taking photos and having the dogs in all of it. Um, and then I kind of discovered this world of pet bloggers. And, um, this is like almost 10 years ago is how old my blog is. And so, um, this was a long time ago and there was a small little world of dog bloggers who would blog about them and their dogs and kind of, um, do this thing called link parties where on certain days of the week or a blog hop, um, where like on certain days, everyone would like go comment on everyone else's stuff. And, um, that's how I got connected with that group is because I was looking to get the word out about my site and I discovered these blog hop link party things. And the dog bloggers all came and started commenting on my stuff. Um, and fashion bloggers at the time also had these link parties, but it was really, it was so saturated. Like the, the fashion blogger link party would have like 2000 people participating. Mm -hmm. So there's no way everyone could comment on everyone's, but in the dog blogger ones, there'd be like 30 people. Mm -hmm. So everyone really could go to everyone's blog and comment and get to know each other. And that's how I ended up becoming a dog blogger is just because, uh, everyone was so nice and friendly and welcoming. And, you know, if you had questions, like everyone was just so nice and, um, and not that the fashion bloggers weren't nice, but it was Mm -hmm. just, it was really saturated and very competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, and it didn't really resonate with me since I had this kind of background of, of the eco fashion. Um, as we know now, it's very, everyone kind of understands that fashion bloggers make money off of affiliate links and constantly Mm -hmm. promoting products. And I actually don't buy things all the time. I, you know, have things that I have for years and I'm still wearing the same clothes from 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it just, from a business perspective, didn't make sense either. Yeah. Um, Because you weren't actively out, out shopping. Yeah. So like to be a fashion blogger, you had to like buy new things every month all the time (laughs) in order to tell other people to buy those things. And I was like, I don't want to be part of this cycle. Um, and so it just kind of worked out and, and that's how I ended up becoming a dog blogger. I love that. And I, I didn't know all of that. 
So are you friends with anybody that was like maybe part of the original like 30 or 40 that you did the blog yeah. with? Yeah. Like two people that stick out to me as like OGs of that, um, is Jen from my brown newfies or mm-hmm. two, two brown newfies or my brown newfies. Um, she's got Newfoundlands and, and she's now she's not just two brown newfies. She's got other, others in the mix as well. Um, and another one would be Carol Bryant and, uh, her blog is called Fidos of reality. Mm-hmm. And there are two people who I just, in my mind, remember them being there from the, from the beginning of my experience, their blogs are older than mine. That is so interesting. And I love that, like you three, and I'm, I'm sure there are probably more, but there's many, you, many you more three that <laughs> like have stuck it out and like have continued your friendship through various like phases of social media and the internet. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll, we'll continue with the phase transitions because we know that there's going to be lots of different things coming and going and, and whatnot. So, so you have, you have the blog. Um, you also have a podcast and social media and a Facebook and courses, which I find are, is so interesting that you have like this collection of educational pet industry media types. So I would want to discuss more about your goals and aspirations for your social media and blog. And I really want to talk about like how you have been open to trying new things over the course of these years. Um, and kind of like how you've, you've talked about recently on some of your social media posts, um, how you've been trying new things with Bert. So I kind of want to relate those two and see what you think about that. I think that's such a good analogy because I just, I actually just did a blog post that was like, just kind of, kind of fluffy, but it was like 10 things I love about senior labs. Uh, and it was just going to be lighthearted, but then it kind of made me think. (laughs) And I was like, you know, you know, there's that saying, you can't teach an old dog, new tricks. And I'm like, that's the biggest lie ever. Mm -hmm. Um, because my old dogs love to learn new tricks. Maybe, maybe older people don't like to learn new tricks. And that's kind of really the truth behind it. Um, and they kind of get, lazy with their own dogs. But if you, if you can keep your energy up and, and keep being excited about stuff, your dog will be excited about stuff until their last breath. Yep. Um, and so my dogs are both 10 years old and, um, Bert, Bert, we think is 10 because he's a rescue and he was a stray. Um, but he last year, uh, and I together, <laughs> he didn't do this on his own, but we discovered, uh, a new love of a sport called barn hunt. And, um, that's a, a scent work game where dogs have to find, uh, hidden rats in a course. And they're in these, they're not loose. They're like in a little tube that's, um, got air holes. They're very safe and very, they're someone's pets. They're well taken mm-hmm. care of. Um, but we've kind of gotten into this sport and, and it's just interesting because he's definitely one of the older dogs there. He's definitely one of the bigger dogs there. Um, but I'm, but I just, he's such a natural hunter in terms of finding things with his nose that I was like, this would be a perfect hobby for him. Um, cause Lucy, Lucy has a lot of hobbies of her own. So I was like, Bert needs some of, of his own that we could just do just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, so he, he's just learned this whole new thing. Um, they love to learn new little tricks, whether it's just like shake or spin or sit pretty or whatever. 
they love learning those kinds of things. And so, you know, I, I think that they can be an, such an inspiration for us to um, kind of remind us that it's fun to try something that you don't know how to do and to learn something new. And, and a lot of people don't ever do that. Mm-hmm. I think when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of have to, or right. you're maybe like more inclined to do that. Um, you know, I, I haven't had a regular job in a really long time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know what it's like exactly, but, you know, d- doing the same thing day in and day out, that's kind of like our, like our old dogs, like mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago, they did the same thing day in and day out. And they did get kind of tired and, and like to nap a lot when they got older because it wasn't exciting. Um, and now with my dogs they're they love learning new things and staying active and doing all kinds of stuff. So I think it's, it's good for all of us. Um, but yeah, anyhow, that was (laughs) now I forget what, what question I'm answering. (laughs) No, 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 you're totally fine. And like, I agree that if you're on the same routine day in and day out, you can get really complacent and that's like how our dogs can be too. So what types of like new things have you tried out by being an entrepreneur or like even just like by being a dog mom or just a person, like what, what types of things have you been inspired to try since your dogs are trying new things? Yes. Um, so with them, I love to try, like, obviously Bert's, Bert has learned barn hunt. Um, in the summer of 2020, I got a paddleboard. Uh, in 2019, Lucy and I went for like a paddleboard lesson where we like rented one and did a class to see if we would like it because she loves swimming and loves the water. And she loved it so much. So I bought one in 2020 and we do it constantly in the summer. And that's been super fun. Um, and they, you know, they just get me out of my comfort zone, but within my business, I love experimenting and, and trying new things. And so where I repeat, you know, it started as just a blog and then Instagram and that kind of stuff actually came after that. Uh, and that's when I started doing the influencer work, which is kind of like a whole business Mm -hmm. stream in its, in itself. So I was doing tons of influencer stuff. So that's, that's one thing. Um, but then over the last couple of years, I started my podcast four years ago. Um, and I was inspired to do that at a blogging conference where we had a keynote speaker who just was like, you need a podcast (laughs) (laughs) and you're going to, you're going to take that audio. You're going to turn it into a transcript. You're going to blog about it. You're going to make quotables. You're going to, and I was like, Oh my God, all the things. Um, and so (laughs) that's how I was inspired to start my podcast four years ago. Um, then after that, I started an online store where mm-hmm. I was selling some products online. And that's been a really fun experience. I I have to say that it's not, you can't really, it's not like build it and they will come. You can't mm-hmm. just like put stuff online and people will buy zillions of things. Even if your things are really awesome, it's a lot harder than that. So it's been, it's been interesting and fun to learn that and kind of like go through that process. Um, so I have the online store and then, um, then people, then the pandemic happened. Right. And so (laughs) people were like, oh my God, I don't know how to do anything. I'm like, I can't, I'm not able to even run my business. Dog walkers were shut down. Groomers were shut down. Everyone was shut down. And all these people are like, what do I do? And I was like, oh, well, um, I'm going to teach a workshop. I set up this online webinar works free webinar. Mm -hmm. 
in April, 2020, and it was how to grow your pet business online. And it was like, here's some social media advice. Here's how you could set up, um, products to sell to your customers. If you have loyal customers and they're looking for some way to support you other Mm -hmm. than just like sending you money (laughs) directly, um, you could sell them t-shirts and coffee mugs and whatever. Uh, and that workshop had 200 people sign up for it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was like, this is something (laughs) like people want this and they need it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just became clear to me that, you know, a lot of people get into the pet industry as, as walkers or groomers or sitters or uh, trainers or a, a whole slew of other things because they want to work with pets, mm-hmm. um, not because they want to be on Instagram and doing their email lists and writing their about page on their website. And they don't want to, that's not why they got into this and that's not, right. um, their expertise, but it is my expertise. And so, um, I started teaching more workshops and I created, um, two new online courses specifically about how to grow your pet business online and, and how to generate, revenue online and grow your, like you mentioned, Pinterest. Um, I have a whole course about Pinterest for petpreneurs. And, um, and then after that, cause I am always trying new things. Yes. Um, I started my membership program in January, 2021. And, um, that also has been an amazing success. And it's just, it's, this is kind of, as you can tell, it's just kind of organically happened. And I just try mm-hmm. one thing and then I try the other. Um, and so it's kind of funny because, uh, I am a dog blogger. I still blog about dogs all the time, but what has kind of become like the bigger part of my business is teaching other pet professionals how to blog or do social media or whatever. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense how it's really like transitioned through the years and something that I really like about what you do is that you are still in the game. Like you're, you tell people like what and how to do it. And like, you're still doing it yourself. Like you're still experimenting. You're still like, you know, trying out all the different things like reels and TikToks and and this and that. And like, you're still in the game with whoever you're talking to as well. Yeah. One, I think I kind of like need that for my like credibility. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the reason why people are always signing up for my things is because they can see that I am still doing all those things every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And, and I think it's also just, you know, niching down and getting really specific and yeah, you can take a lot of, there's a million courses, but there's only a few courses that are specific to the pet industry. So, mm-hmm. um, if you see something, if someone sees something like that, they're like, Oh my God, this was like designed specifically for me. And it was. Um, and so I think that's, that's just kind of one of the reasons why people, um, have had such a great reaction to this stuff. Mm -hmm. So you said that you have your background in like some fashion industry or fashion. Um, let's see, what did you say that you, you went to school for fashion Fashion journalism, journalism. Okay. Mm -hmm. I wanted to say journalism, but I couldn't quite remember if that was right. Did you have any like marketing experience? Yeah. So I have a, I have a very weird background. I'm not, um, I always like to be different. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. And so I, I actually, when I was, when I was a young girl, I, I graduated from, from high school a year early. Um, and then I spent that year as kind of like a gap year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked here in Pittsburgh and I, um, got like a internship slash, like I was the assistant to someone, mm-hmm. um, at a, at a building, like a multi-use building downtown that was like 50 floors of offices. But the first four floors was kind of like a high-end shopping mall. Oh, cool. Uh, it was really cool building. And back then they did all kinds of events, like fashion shows and just like wine and cheese, piano playing, like there was so many different kinds of things. And so I was the assistant to the director of marketing there Okay. when I was 17. And so I did that for a year. And while I was working for her, she started a magazine here in Pittsburgh and I continued to kind of work for her as her assistant in both places. Um, so when I was really young, like 17 and 18, I got all this experience. And, um, I mean, I was, it, the magazine was like a startup. There was like three people working there. So I was Mm -hmm. doing so many different things. And, um, I just had so much experience early on in that. I think that really set you up for success, like down the line that makes like a lot of sense Yeah, (laughs) um, as to, to what you are, to what you are doing now. So do you have any like inkling on what the next big thing might be? So for me in the, in the last year or, or year or two, I've gotten more and more into enrichment activities, um, canine enrichment activities and learning more about it for myself. And so I enrolled recently in an, in an online course that is about canine enrichment. And so when oh, I, awesome. when I complete it, I'll actually be certified as a canine enrichment technician. Oh, that's and neat. yeah, so I'm really excited about it. It's, it's pretty comprehensive. I'm just getting into it now. Um, it's pretty comprehensive and it's, um, you have to go through like each one there's quizzes and it's official, <laughs> even though it's an online course, it's very mm-hmm. official. Um, and so I'm going through that and I'm kind of trying to figure out like how I want to implement that knowledge when I, when I finish it or even as I'm going through it. So I'll definitely be doing blog posts, but I think I also want to kind of turn that knowledge into workshops, mm-hmm. maybe in person. Um, I think that I, would be really, really fun to do in person. Yeah. I just, I miss, I used to do so many workshops and stuff in person. And I just kind of was thinking today how much I miss that. And, um, as much as I love the online courses, I think for, pet business owners, mm-hmm. it, it's a kind of an easier sell to say, here, take this online course, learn how to do this thing. Cause you're constantly learning how to do things online, mm-hmm. but to teach pet parents, I feel like it's better in person. Um, I just, I don't know. I've had a hard time getting pet parents to sign up for like workshops and things online. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's kind of, that's, that's what's noodling around in my brain right yeah, now. Yeah. I think that's like, such a cool thing to think about. I would love to go to an in-person like pet parent, not like really training, but like what you said, like canine enrichment, like doing something fun. Like that doesn't require a lot of like pressure or anything like that. It's just be really fun. fun. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, could, I could bring a whole bunch of equipment and like demonstrate mm-hmm. how to use it because people, people's minds are blown when you're like, you could freeze this. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I feel like if I if I did something like that, it could be like, you know, showing people simple things like take a holy roller ball and just like mm-hmm. stuff like socks in it and you have a whole new toy. Um yeah. and people don't really know about that, but there's also this whole other 
side of enrichment too, that isn't, isn't, um, just puzzles and Kongs and topples, you know, there's all kinds of other stuff too. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm excited to learn about on the course. I can't talk about it yet because I haven't learned of it, course. but, um, but when I do learn it, like, I really want to pass that on to people because I just think it is, it helps you what in what the limited stuff that I've done, not that it's limited, but, mm-hmm. um, the stuff, the activities I've done with my dogs, I can see the bond that you create. Mm-hmm. It, it's a stronger bond. You just understand each other better. Um, I feel like they're, they're not even dogs. They're just like people who mm-hmm. are dogs here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just, we just communicate so well. And it, it's because of all of these kind of bonding activities that we do. Yeah, I think that's an excellent way to to word it. So in your most recent episode of your podcast, you talk about how to keep things exciting in your business and life and how you handle the not so exciting things like taking pictures of your dog and getting frustrated, which I feel like is something that a lot of people like on the dog Instagram community feel. (laughs) I know I feel it. Um, but I want to know how you balance work and your dogs because they are like your family and you want to have fun, but you also need them for your business and for your work. Yeah, no, it's such a great point. And, and what I had talked about on that episode was just specifically how like sponsored campaigns, I am thankful to have been able to do a lot of those things, but I'm really kind of reeling it in on that, no pun intended, but, mm-hmm. um, because it's just there, the demands have gotten more and more intense of, of like the checklists that they'll mm-hmm. send you certain companies and, you know, they just want really specific things. And it's just been more and more difficult for me to achieve those things and still, be happy person. (laughs) Right. Well, I think like as the videos of other people have gotten more elaborate, it's like, you also want the same like video transitions and right. Stuff to keep up. And it's like hard to do with a dog. I used to work with uh, local photographers, like every two months, like for Mm -hmm. for years, like every two months I would book a photographer and we would take a whole bunch. We would take like 200 pictures. I would have outfit changes. We would, I would scout the locations. I actually loved doing that mm-hmm. and it was really fun and it was very creative and it was kind of like doing a fashion photo shoot, you know? So it was like tied into a lot of the things yeah. I like. And, um, but then when the pandemic happened and I couldn't work with other people, I realized that I personally don't really like taking pictures. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like taking pictures that I can look at on my phone for my own memories, but to take them, like I'm not a professional photographer. And I think a lot of these brands that work with influencers, they assume that you're a professional photographer. And, um, I'm like, no, like I have built a reputation off of the things that I recommend through my authenticity and, mm-hmm. um, my personality and, and all of these kinds of things, but I'm not also a photographer. Like that's, those are two different jobs, I think. Um, yeah. and it's, it's just, I think unrealistic to expect everyone to be everything, um, mm-hmm. and to pay them the rates that they're paying. So like, if you're expecting them to be everything, they should be paying you like thousands of dollars and, I they're, know. Not, and they're not. So, um, I don't know. And then when I was working with photographers, 
the brands weren't really respectful of like the lead time. Um, so like when you're working with someone else, like they need time to edit those and send them to you. They're not going to do it overnight because mm-hmm. that's not how they work. They need a, a week or two, but the brand, like it was just really stressful. Yeah. Like and, the turnaround time is just yeah. like almost a week sometimes. Yeah. And then some, and the brands would want it. Like they'd, they'd be like, here's your prompt. Please send this mm-hmm. to us in like 48 hours. I'm like, I need like two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was just really, really stressful. And there was just like some days where I found myself, like when I, during the pandemic, when I was doing the photos on my own, just getting really frustrated and like losing my temper and just being like, Oh my God, I'm having a freaking meltdown. Mm-hmm. This is so stressful. And so it's kind of made me realize that, um, I'm very selective <laughs> with those kinds of things now, because I don't want, I don't want the dog. I don't want that for the dogs. Like they mm-hmm. didn't choose to do this and they're happy to do all the adventures and all the things. And sure, of course they love when we get treats and they're trying treats and, um, it's really great and really fun, but for them to like sit and pose next to a bag of something is not exciting Mm -hmm. for them. And then when I'm stressed about them sitting still in the lighting, I think what kind of put me over the edge recently was, um, I, I don't take my dogs in pet stores because mm-hmm. it's not fun for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I don't know whose idea it is to put food like baskets on, of yeah, food on, on the floor. Their floor. Yeah, like their level. <laughs> but I, whoever is doing that, they are definitely like on my shit list because <laughs> I, it just well, and now I just don't take my dogs there. Like yeah. we've just learned. Um, it's not a good place for us. And my, you know, Lucy's a therapy dog, like as much work as we do, my dogs are really wonderful dog supply stores, not a place that we can go. And, and we were working on a sponsored post most recently where, um, they wanted us to talk about the local stores and go there. And I was like, Oh, well, I'll just take my photo of them like out front in front of Mm -hmm. the sign. But then I was like, you know, it would be really cool if I went in they did this and they did that. Um, like we have all of these ideas that are, I know. And, (laughs) but it's just me and these two huge dogs and there's food freaking everywhere. And I know I, I knew the girl who worked there and I thought she would kind of like help me, but she did not. And, and, and we ended up buying like $30 worth of things that they'd eaten. And, (laughs) and I was like sweating and I was like, this is it. I'm done. Um, so, you know, I was really stressed out by it. And, and so I, so I think anyhow, it's important, like as an influencer to kind of, when that does happen to kind of reflect on it and be like, okay, I'm not going to do this again. Um, or I'm going to do it in a different way. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we, we, we still are going to continue to do influencer posts and things like that. Um, but in a way that is more fun for everyone and, yes. um, and just not as, not as crazy and, and intense. Um, and so, yeah, Another way that I kind of like separate, like, like something I love doing with my dogs is hiking with them. Um, but I don't, I really don't post that much about our hikes and outdoor adventures because I'm enjoying like mm-hmm. being outside. <laughs> um, I think about that too. Like yeah. I want to take pictures, but it's like, I need to separate myself at some point. And, and I'm usually by myself, like all the time. And so, you know, I see, a, I see a lot of people 
who um, are out doing fun things and they have someone else there to take their photos and take their videos. And I don't have that. And so I'm never going to get that video and I'm not going to stress myself out trying to get that video and like carrying all this gear so I can like set up a tripod. Like I'm just not going to do it. Um, and so, yeah, so that, I don't know, you just kind of have to kind of accept it at some point that, you know, I'm not going to create the same content as everyone else because my situation is different. Right. But that situation like also can make you unique in so many ways too. I feel like. So I think you can see both, you. both sides of it. Like, Thank I feel you. like there's a lot of things that, you know, like I admire you for, but it's like, because of the situation that you're in as well, you know what I mean? So I think you can go both ways. Thanks. So yeah, of <laughs> course, of course. So how, how have you had to utilize some of the skills being a dog mom has taught you while going through this journey of like running your own business and being your own boss? One that really comes to my mind is discipline. Mm -hmm. And so I want to know what you have to say about that. Discipline is definitely a big one. Also patience is, I am an extremely patient person. I just, um, I don't know why I have this quality because I don't think anybody else in my family does, (laughs) but, um, I will literally wait years for something to like mature, mature and and work out, Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that the, the biggest kind of correlation between like dog mom and, and raising the dogs and, and working with them and training them and business is repetition. Oh, okay. you know, with training the dogs, they're not gonna, you can't tell them one time, this is how you lay down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to do it a thousand times, 10,000 times. And so I think that that comes up a lot in business too. And, and I, a lot of the people who I work with will say, you know, no, no one signed up for my new thing. No one bought my new product and I'll look and they only posted about it like one time. And, and it wasn't really an obvious post. It was kind Mm -hmm. of like buried. I'm like, okay, like, just like training with the dogs. Like we need to tell people over and over and over and over and over again, what it is that we do, what it is that we sell, like what it is that we're offering. Um, so yeah, I think that, that, that seems to kind of make sense to me, but I, I mean, I learned so much from the dogs. Um, one kind of like, it's like sillier one, um, is drinking water. Like they drink a lot oh, of yeah. water and they just do it. Cause like they're thirsty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we are like, Oh wait, I'm just going to finish this email or I'm going to just do this thing. And your water glass goes empty and then you end up dehydrated. So whenever the dogs drink water, I try to also drink mm-hmm. water so I can be more That's like That's why them. I have this huge <laughs> water jug. It is 72 ounces. I fill it wow. up once in the morning and then I never have to leave my desk to fill it back up again. <laughs> That's very, I've seen people with those. I haven't gotten one, it's but I huge. have, I have like what I think is a big water bottle. Um, but it's not, it's nothing like that. But yeah. This one's huge. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one thing that I try to like, be like the dogs about. <laughs> I love the repetition that, that you brought up. I think that's such a good point. I've never thought about that before, but it's just like, creating habits as well. Yes. Like, I think about creating habits a lot, but how you're saying repetition and like talking about it and getting used to, and like confident about like talking about what you offer and yeah, um, what services you have and like what you can provide. I think like that is such a good point that I've never thought of. 
When, and like now with, with reels on Instagram and everything, I think so many people are so hesitant and nervous about them and just, it's all about repetition. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing it. Put, put like the corner of your face in one and then slowly work your way up to getting like the top of your face in another until, <laughs> until one day it's just you talking to the camera and like doing all these things and people will love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just like training with the dogs. If you want your dog to do a complex, like multi-step task or trick, you got to start really, really small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. What has been your favorite part about having a career path inspired by and filled with dogs? I think my favorite part is getting to meet people who share this passion. And um, that was when I started my podcast, my podcast quickly became like my favorite thing Mm -hmm. that I do. And now I love my membership community as well so much because it's just, I get to interact with with these people who also kind of like get it mm-hmm. because wherever we all live and, and like our family and our friends and stuff, they might not really understand <laughs> what you're doing. Right. Um, I just, I had a phone call with one of my dog blogger friends the other night and we just had this whole conversation and I, w- and I was like, Oh my God, if anyone else had like eavesdropped on this, they would have no idea what we were even talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> so it's just, you know, that's, that's the best part I I think about this is that we all are so passionate and we can talk about, we can talk about business and strategies and that kind of stuff. And then talk about, you know, your dog's poop. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like we all get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We all get it. I think that's one of the best parts too. And like you said about the podcast, I've loved it. I feel so energized after doing these podcast recordings because I connect on like a whole new level with the people I'm talking to. And I feel like I genuinely learn something new and just feel so connected, like how you were saying. And it's really authentic. I think it's like one of the most authentic forms of like media or, um, like content creation, I should say. Yeah. So I think well, I and, love it. Because and as that. people are listening, they really get to know you. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I have podcasts that I've been listening to for years and I feel like they are my friends. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm like, right. oh, she, she would love this. I should send this to her. I'm like, oh wait, she doesn't know who I am, but. <laughs> oh, I have a podcast where I actually do where I'm like, I do that. I'm like, <laughs> I think these people would like this. So I like, here's like a book recommendation or like this one, one girl like really likes, um, matching sweatsuits. Uh-huh. Like I found one that I thought like that they would like, and I yeah. sent it to her. It's like, you should look at this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually, I have done that as well. Yeah. Too. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I never hear back, but it's okay. You it's know, okay. it's all right. At least yeah. I put it out there in the world. Um, but that's just, it just goes to show, like, you feel like you really know people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I love about podcasting, like whoever is listening to this right now, like, I don't know what you're doing, but you're probably multitasking or driving or walking mm-hmm. or cleaning or whatever. Um, and it's just, it's really cool to be able to listen to multitask and listen to people and listen to like a cool conversation in that way. Right. And it's almost like, talking to your best friend, honestly, like you can, you know, if you're hanging out with your best friend, like you can both be working on something. Um, I think about like my best friend, she has a t-shirt business and like, we'll talk about the stupidest things while we're pressing like the 
the um, prints on her shirts or like packaging. And it's just like, you know, we could be doing that. And it's like the same thing. Like you're doing some random task, but you're also listening and like having this conversation with our virtual friend. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I know. I love it too. So last but not least, what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you? This is such a hard question. <laughs> um, because I feel like, okay, so, so this is like what a dog mom mentality is to me. So that's what, how yeah. I'm going to answer it. It's just For sure. That's how you're supposed to answer me. it. Because I think that there's like, you know, my mind, I'm instantly like, oh, what is it to be like the dog mom? But that's not what the question is. No. So. Yeah. What does it mean to you? Yes. Um, sorry. I had to like work through it in my mind, but um and there's Bert. I don't know if you can hear him in the background, oh, but I saw him get off the couch and do a big stretch. Yes. <laughs> good, good, big stretch, Bert. Um, to me, I think being a dog mom or having a dog mom mentality is kind of like, um, letting things slide off your back, like bad or irritating things. Um, I just feel like the dogs have you know, made me so conditioned to like, I used to be a perfectionist, Mm -hmm. like in a debilitating way. (laughs) And so the dogs now have kind of made it to be like, well, you know, if we're late, if we miss this thing, if this thing gets dirty, if this thing gets broken, like move on it, Mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. Um, and you know, and people out in the world, if people say rude things to you, which happens, um, about the dogs, you just, you know, I've kind of adopted this strategy where I just either I had my headphones in and I don't ask them to repeat what they said. And I can't really hear what they say, or I'll reply and I'll be like, Oh, thank you so much. No, they're actually not related, but they're both the same age. Like I'll just, I'll pretend like the person had asked me like, Oh, are your dog siblings? Mm -hmm. Instead they were like, get your dog away from my child or something. (laughs) Um, and so, so I think it's just this whole, like, I don't know, letting stuff like slide off your back kind of, um, and not, not sweating the small stuff and kind of, um, realizing that, like what's important, which is, um, being kind and being loving mm-hmm. and, and giving, uh, your undivided attention you know, that's what your dog wants the most. That's what I want the most yeah. in my relationships as well. Um, and so, so that's kind of what they teach me. That's my dog mom mentality is just trying to be like in the moment, not flipping out about things and just to be kind and loving. Yeah. That's the, like going with the flow or kind of like letting things slide as you, uh, had said, that's one of my, my big things for my dog mom mentality too, is letting go of expectations or like lowering my expectations, um, on some things because I can't control everything. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't know how things are going to turn out. And I think that when I was younger, you know, if you went to something, you'd be like, well, I, you know, I'm here, I'm at this thing. I got mm-hmm. dressed. I came here. Um, but now, you know, with the dogs or even if it's just me, if I get someplace and I don't like it, like just leave, just, yeah, just leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just leave, just go. You're good. <laughs> yeah. But I like totally, totally agree about that. That was like one of the things that Layla really helped me with is just to like break expectations or get past that to some degree, because I think like you, I was 
very much a perfectionist. I like held myself to very high standards. Um, but whenever it comes to things I can't control, I would have like really, really awful anxiety about them not going a specific way. And then, you know, all these other things happen and I like have a mental breakdown. (laughs) Yeah. So like learning to like manage those expectations, um, through Layla has like really helped me throughout the past two years, um, that we've had her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're, they're really, they're really just great to have by your side. And I've been in, in social situations where I just got some anxiety. And if I had the dogs with me, I just kind of close my eyes and pet them and just kind of, or look in their eyes or, um, get a little shot of dopamine from Mm -hmm. making eye contact with them. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, they're just, they're really, they're, they're, they're the best. They really are what we should all strive to be. Right. Every person's dog is the best. Yes. <laughs> that's how we're going to leave it because that's the truth. Honestly, like every person's dog is, is great for them. So that wraps up. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Tori. And I think I have a recording with you sometime here soon. Yes. So you'll be on the Wear Wag Repeat podcast. Yes. I'm excited. So before we sign off, can you tell everyone where to find you, where, where your blogs are and all of that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was just, this was such a fun, it was just like talking with your best friend, just hanging out and it was really fun. Um, But yeah, if anyone wants to find my blog, I do blog all about dogs uh, at wherewagrepeat.com. And remember, since I was a fashion blogger, it is W-E-A-R wagrepeat.com. And you can also find me on Instagram. I have two accounts. One is T mystic, like Tori mystic. And that's where I post about all kinds of dog mom stuff. And then my other one is at where wag repeat. And that's where you'll find, um, posts about the podcast and courses and all that kind of stuff. Um, I also, if you, if you do have a pet industry business or dreams of a pet industry business, there's a free Facebook group that's called where wag repeat labs. And it's kind of a play on my dogs. And then also it's, it's a place like a lab where we can experiment Mm -hmm. and, um, talk amongst ourselves with ideas and strategies and stuff. So, um, please come and join us wherever it's convenient for you. Okay. Sounds good. And I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I'm excited for to share this episode. I think we had some really good, really good conversations, really good, like interesting little, little moments of, um, positivity or like encouragement. I feel like I love that. I love having those moments. So thank you so much again. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, Tori. Thanks, Caroline. And I think uh, we should end on eat shit pit. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Just to wrap it all up, you know? Yes. Circle back. <laughs> Tori's in Pittsburgh. If you're in Pittsburgh, eat shit pit. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs>
Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today. Bye.